So, welcome to this week's episode of It's All Funny Games, the official GameZo podcast. I am Dan, the head writer at GameZo, as well as one of your hosts. And this week, as always, I am joined by soon to be the greatest Valorant player on the planet, Ross. Ross I don't know about you? that one. I don't know about that one. Well, Valorant seems to think otherwise. You're trying, though. I'm trying. You're out there. You're, you're grinding. I wouldn't say grinding, but the game is being played, yes. Good. Good. Good stuff. So, um, interesting. We're episode nine. Okay. So, almost ten. Like, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? Me. Not me. We haven't killed each other just yet. I got pretty close this morning. Today was rough. Today I got pretty rough. close this morning. I'll I'll give you that much. Today was. I was not uh, on point, Dan, today, and and for that I apologize. But I'm going to try to make up for that with energy and charisma and podcast stuff. And probably a 20 minute sim racing segment. Nah, can't wait. We're launching our own podcast about sim racing. No raw segments, except for when you come on. And I'm gonna I'm gonna need to get a snoring mode, like a noise, and use it as a bumper into a particular segment called mm-hmm. Does Ross Care or something? Does Ross Care? No, no, that's usually the answer. Yeah. So anyway, we have a little bit of a uh, a change to the podcast. We're we're changing up the show order, so we're just going to jump right into gaming news. Then we're going to tackle our main topic, do some esports stuff. Then we'll talk about the games we're playing, and then we'll end it. We're basically so just... you can just bail after all the the relevant information. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't care what we've been playing, you can yeah. just like <laughs> leave the podcast. If you're watching live, X out. If you're listening, Marcus played. <laughs> get it off here. Yeah, get out. Your thing. Um, as always, quick mention for those listening: we are everywhere. Uh, you know, whether it's Google Store, iPod stuff, internet places, the podcast. Man, you're is struggling with that one, man. It's just everywhere. Come on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio, whatever. Just it's there. See, you, you even dropped it at the end. We're in so many places, we can't say it all. So make sure you subscribe, like the podcast, rate it five stars, do all the good stuff. It bumps us to the top. It helps us out. And leave feedback. If you think we suck at something, let us know. We'll fix it. So moving right into the gaming news. What are the other what are the other main podcasting things that people listen to other than Spotify and Apple? I, is there any like I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I just think of Spotify. Yeah, I mean some Anchor is really good because it lets you either listen there or go anywhere you want. Um, ah, so hmm, interesting. Interesting. At some point, you might hear more about <laughs> Anchor. So, gaming news: we we have two weeks to cover, so we've kind of gone through and picked things that we want to talk about. Um, and the reason we have two weeks to cover is because we had a developer interview last week, which uh, was really interesting, in my opinion. I enjoyed that a lot. I hope we do more of those. And um. Based on the numbers on the podcast and YouTube and other places, it looks like people really liked that kind of content too. So, surprise, surprise. Yeah, so we'll 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 try to do more of that. I have um, I have another indie studio that right after that podcast went live, reached out to me and said, "Hey, we'd love to come on um, if you'd That's have great. us." So cool. We'll we'll do more of that content. But gaming news. Da, da, da. We really need to get like some some bumpers, right? Just I do as... not want any kind of like imaging for any of this stuff. Okay. Absolutely not. We won't get any bumpers. All right. First thing I'm going to talk about, it's pretty quick. Um, folding at home. Most of you have heard about it. 
It's a, a really interesting and, and cool way to help science study and combat COVID-19. It's a small program you place on your gaming computer, and it uses your resources when you're not using them to effectively outsource compute power for these large number crunching studies that scientists are doing. There's an alternative now in the market. I don't even want to call it an alternative. They're all working towards the same thing. It's called the Human Project, H-E-W-M-A-N. And it does effectively the same thing, but it gives you more control. So it's got a nice graphical user interface. You can select the threshold for when it turns on, when it doesn't. You can have it off all the time and only on when you say so. You can pick how intensive it is on your computer. So like, for instance, I was sitting around the other day doing nothing. I cranked it up to like the highest thing and we, it shows you exactly which studies your computer is being used for and you can see you complete it. So my computer helped bust out about 18 studies on a Friday afternoon. Oh, someone is doing some racing in real life. Outside. Yeah, I, I just, I just heard that. Christ. So it's cool. So if you haven't been doing folding at home uh, because you felt like you didn't have enough control over it, human project is a great alternative um, and that's that's and all I have to say. Home has all those features too. Yeah, some people I, I guess didn't like how how you kind of interact with it. So it's, it's how the market works. You know, you just kind of <laughs> it's like they came out with it. The way I look at human is it's like almost the zoom of this type of product, right? Ooh, that's not a good comparison. Not from I don't want to be the Zoom of anything, man. But I don't know about that one. Zoom before all the, all the stuff in the news about it. It was just the hot thing with the really slick interface, and that's how I, Human Projects is to me. Like it's just super intuitive, super simple interface. It's very clean. It's kind of got really good user experience, that type of stuff. So if you didn't want to use folding at home for whatever reason, you have an alternative. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know, but if you have. If you have the extra computational power to throw around, you know, let's let's beat this thing together. So I remember when uh, Folding at Home started doing the COVID thing, they actually they didn't have enough information to send to people to do. Like they ran out of equations essentially, so people were trying to max out their rigs and they just couldn't. Yeah, yeah, I, be- so I believe that. Changed. I believe that. Now there's there's tons of stuff. Like I said, they were showing the studies and one study I was giving it the full you know, gamut. And, uh, a few of the studies were taking like an hour to finish. And that's not, obviously they're not just running on your computer at the same time. You're a mesh of computers giving the compute power for, for these studies. So it just shows you kind of what you're included in. And yeah, some of them are more difficult and require more power than others. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I think it's funny that it also has like a competitive sort of feature where like you can join a team and the teams are ranked based on how many like equations they solve and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Gamification of, of products. Right. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things right now for both for any anything that's like this, that's helping the, the science community. It's how do you talk kind of talk people into doing it? Right. It's yeah. there's there's a huge chunk of people that are like. I don't know, I got a $3,000 computer that I don't use 80% of the time. Sure, have at it, you know? And then there's a huge chunk of people that are like, you're not touching my thing. You, yeah. st- you stay out of my computer. I'm not letting someone use my computer as like a Bitcoin miner or something, exactly. whatever they're doing. I, I don't mean, know, man. That's effectively what it is. Just it's yeah. not, you know, it's not mining Bitcoin. So yeah, just a, a cool a cool thing I wanted to bring up 
for folks. And I wanted to mention folding at home as well and just say like, Hey, if you, if you are interested or didn't know this type of thing existed, you know, first get out from under your rock, but second, um, you know, you have options, go figure out which one works for you and, and help out. The consoles have it too, right? Doesn't PlayStation have it? Cause I thought that was like the big thing at first was like PlayStation three or I think PlayStation three had it at one point. Yes. The PlayStation three CPU architecture was uh, built in such a way that it was really, really good for just raw number crunching and um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of scientists were using that kind of compute power as, as an option. Oh, I got a game. So what are you playing on your PlayStation three? I'm doing advanced computational mathematics. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Is that, is that a simulation game? Like what, what, what first person shooter actually? So good stuff. Um, the, ne- the next topics, this new topic, is Paul. N- new, new topic marker. Um, <laughs> we talked about this before the show. This one's kind of funny in that this is a knee jerk reaction to the Nintendo account hacking. We discussed two weeks ago on the podcast episode, yeah. episode seven. So the Epic store now will require you, you to have two factor authentication in order to get free games. Now I have a few little funny things kind of around this. What are your, what are your funny things, Dan? So first, if you don't know what two factor authentication is, it's very simple. You need two f- factors to log into your, Okay. Account factors are things you know, things you have, or things you are. So that's a password is something you know. Uh, a one-time use code texted to you would be a thing you have. Uh, a biometric would be a thing you are. Right. So they're basically saying, hey, you have to use a text code or Google Authenticator plus your password to log in. That's two-factor authentication, and it's great. It's an awesome security feature. You should put two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication on literally everything you can. Um, but what's funny about this is about a year ago, I'd have to look up the time, um, Epic Store actually ended up in the news, um, at least in the cybersecurity news, because there was like a bypass to their multi-factor authentication. Oh, Yeah, so it was, it was very social engineering themed, but, you know, it, it was, it was kind of, it was out there. So, it's not the end all be all. You can get past multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication, but I think it's a really good thing to enforce it in that way because a lot of people like the Epic Store for the free games. So enforcing them to have tighter security in order to receive those is a is a very nice way to kind of get some accounts to turn that on. But like I said, just turn it on anyway for everything. Yeah, makes sense. It's the easiest way. I mean, some people still have their password being someone's name, one, two, three. Absolutely. That's me. Using it everywhere on every account. <laughs> every account. I, I say that because we have a friend who accidentally typed his password in Discord like a week ago, and it was his wife's name one two three. Yeah, and he he mixed it up by by putting an exclamation mark somewhere in there. Yeah, elite speak, baby. Get there it going. Get it going. Get it going. Yeah, don't like put your password on a sticky note and leave it under your keyboard. I don't want to turn this into like a security hygiene podcast, <laughs> but just. <laughs> Don't be dumb, okay? <laughs> the end. Be dumb. Yeah. So I still haven't played. What's funny is I've had two-factor from the day they offered it, which I think was at launch. Yeah. I just remember turning it on pretty much immediately upon downloading the Epic Store. Um, I don't. I've downloaded every free game. I don't think I've played any of them, and they've been like good, ga- like 
yeah. witness transistor, like stuff I want to play for sure. So, um, it is what it is. Well, I don't know how that works on Epic store. I don't know if it's like just for that month or if it's, you keep them. Cause it, like the wording, when I looked at it one time, it, it looked like it was just for that month, but I might be wrong. I've had transistor downloaded. For, okay. Then I'm wrong. That's fine. Like a while. Yeah. Then don't, uh, you're probably right. Cause that, that would kind of be weird, but yeah, it's almost like PlayStation network. Like as long as you continue to have an account, you, you're good to go. So that's that. Pretty pretty simple. Um, but here here we go. It all comes back to Fortnite. <laughs> it, it always comes back Again. to Fortnite. Vikings. We have Vikings. We have Assassin's Creed. <sighs> Vikings. Okay. Now, when I, when I saw this announcement, I laughed. Because in the uh, developer interview, uh, <laughs> Leaf actually said, I think it might have been after the show. Or would, I can't remember because we had a really good conversation after the show. But at one point he said, you try to look at what the market is going to have. And it's funny because it's true that it's a cyclical market. We do ninjas, then we do robots, and then we do ninjas again, right? Mm-hmm. We're just in the Viking cycle right now. You know, that's just everything. Well, we had God of War, which was not Vikings, but Norse kind of Viking. Yeah. But in all fairness, like Assassin's Creed has had two major places that they could have used as a trump card when the series was failing, and it was Feudal Japan and Vikings. So it was like flip a coin, like which one are we going to pick this time? I've been waiting for Feudal Japan. What else can we do for Assassin's Creed at this point? Like Assassin's Creed, like 1930 gangster Assassin's Creed Tommy Gun. Like, what what are we going to do? Yeah, you're. We're running out of time. You're very limited. Um, You know, you could go do the Civil War. I guess, you know, kind of go back to that revolution thing. Do the Civil War is a cool time frame. In 2020 America, hell no. I know. Well, hell to the no. I, I was, I was no. just, just going to follow up with that's not very socially responsible that right now. Not, this is not the time we need to be doing a Civil War game. Yeah. Um, you could do Feudal Japan, which I've been wanting since early. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. um, they did they did like the 2D one with China, right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. China could be a really cool, like, full game. We've been making Three Kingdoms War stuff for like thirty years at this point. Like, yeah. it's it's the evergreen. You want a fun game? Three Kingdoms China. Bang. Yeah, D- just let it go. I'm trying to think what else you could do. There's like, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff with like the Mongolians or, or like the Celts and the Roman Empire and like. But you're right. Like, we're running what out else? of like cool time frames to put in. Assassin's I'm waiting Creed. for like the Activision Ubisoft merger and they do Assassin's Creed like World War Two. Yeah, that's where that could that that's could actually be it becomes cool. an FPS game and it all comes full circle. That could actually be you could do like a World War One game. Yeah, with like very limited guns similar to um, mustard gas and trench it, stuff. And yeah, that could be cool. Like kind of playing a spy ish thing. But yeah, yeah cool. so we're getting Vikings. It actually looks really cool like it looks like they're doing some stuff with gameplay like doing sieges and long boat battles and it's funny you mention that because i watched the trailer this morning right Mm -hmm. and without analyzing it or without thinking i noticed two things that have been in the series since like three like i I remember because three was the uh, like the native american one yeah 
And I, I specifically remember watching the Viking guy run at a guy and then knee him in the face. And I'm like, oh, I've seen that. That was in the, the Native American trailer. And then he throws a tomahawk and I'm like, oh, wait, that's the Native American one. Yeah, the the kind of climbing the dude, hitting him with the knee. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's... I was like, wait, I've seen that before. They've, they've got assets. They're reusing those assets. <laughs> for sure. You know so, how much I love Ubisoft right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. They've done enough to ruin your Rainbow Six. I'm sure you're excited <laughs> for for Assassin's Creed Vikings. But, you know, I'm, I guess I, I guess the the core thing here is, you know, we're getting one. I'm, gl- I'm really glad that they've taken this time between games because we were getting them every year and it was like fatiguing you know it was just oh like, yeah oh, God. oh yeah it was, it was like, bad and uh what was the one they were really buggy they were really buggy too is that was the thing yeah the they one that was out and they were just all messed up the one that was in england and like syndicate. The, yeah syndicate and like the dude had no face and it was just yeah, eyes yeah. and a mouth talking and stuff like that yeah so i'm not only are they more polished but i think they're just like I can get excited when I initially see it. I know I'm not going to really play it because I just don't have the time to, yeah. but you know, it's, it's like, Oh cool. They're doing another one. And it's not so close to the last one. And, and I mean, the last two have been pretty cool. Yeah. They had, um, they Odyssey. Had, yeah. Greece and Egypt, which are, yeah, they were cool. And they made them. And then the Egypt one was kind of like supernatural almost. Cause they had like the cool, like Pharaoh stuff and, yeah, and they it made cool. it more RPG-ish, which I feel yeah, like those games like. were always missing that kind of aspect to it. Because the combat was so bland. It was just like, you sit there, counter a dude, kill him. You might have some cool thing like a gun or a, like a dart or something, but you know, you just get into a fight, you parry him, and you kill him. And it was kind of boring in the first couple. And then, yeah, you're right. It, it totally needed like an RPG element or something cool like that or like gear and stats. But I mean, that's me speaking personally to myself and the games that i would rather play but i don't know you're right it just kind of missed something but they all seem to kind of be rounded out now at this point yeah that's good and what's funny is i've seen on twitter like people like oh vikings is going to be cool but i hope they get rid of that stupid rpg stuff i was like what damn yeah i was like damn man like i want to see what do i know but when they first brought the rpg stuff in the overwhelming consensus was like oh this is that thing it was missing yeah. But, you know, gaming, gamers, fans of games. I mean, I haven't played one since, like, Black Flag. Yeah. I was going to say, whenever whenever it was on, when we were working at GameStop, it was on sale on Black Friday, and I could drive a ship. That was the one I played last. <laughs> so. Yeah. I th- and I think it was Black Flag. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it was, it was one of the, like, three PS4 launch games. So you're like, oh, it's either this or Killzone, man. Yep. <laughs> Might as well play it. Might as well. Might but technically, as well. technically, I've played the Egypt Assassin's Creed because my Ubisoft account got hacked because I was not using two-factor th- two authentication. <laughs> and some man in United Arab Emirates stole my account, renamed my account to Prince Amal Jahir something, um, platinumed the Egypt... I forget the name of the uh, Egypt Assassin's Creed, but like he platinumed the game on Uplay, got me a bunch of Uplay coins, and then when I got my account back, I used those Uplay coins to get like 50% off at the Uplay store and like got a hoodie. So it all looked <laughs> out. It was like a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> like he got to play Assassin's Creed and I got like 50% off a hoodie. It was sweet. That's, that, that is like maybe the greatest story of getting hacked of all time. 
Yeah, everyone wins. It's great. I have. I I'm gonna give like a, a kind of funny. It's not funny, but it's a hacking story. Um, so one of our writers, David, it was Origins. Origins, by the way, to loop yeah, back. Yeah, okay. Origins. Um, one of our writers, David, had his his account hacked. His YouTube account hacked, and oh, it's been it's been the whole thing's been just a, a an absolute nightmare it took him like six months to get youtube and google to do something about it and then eventually the hacker like gave him the the account back and what it turns out is they were using his youtube account to launder money from like those uh buy us gift card type scams so they were basically yeah so they were like using youtube gift cards and money towards the account and then change the account payout information to get the account to pay out and they laundered like over a thousand dollars through his account which is not a symbiotic relationship but was just like a really interesting situation like they took over this account and then used it to launder you know to launder money so interesting stuff hopefully he doesn't mind because the guy on twitch who plays with all those people and he's funny to watch oh really yeah, his name's a Kit Boga, I think. And he he basically calls all these people. Like, you know how you get a robocall and they're like, please call this number to like fix your problem? Mm-hmm. He calls them with like a voice changer of like an old lady and he'll be like, How do I do my account? And like he codes an entire bank's like website and architecture and gives them like a fake bank. So he downloads like teams or something and shares a screen with these people in India. And sh- and he'll be like, Oh, look, here's my bank. And like the bank account will show like $10,000 or something in this account, but it's all stuff he's coded in. Oh, that's awesome. So he'll be like, okay, I'm transferring money to you. What's your routing number and stuff like that. And then, like, he'll give him the fake routing number and it'll just show like fake money coming in and out. That's and he'll, ha- just, he'll have him on the hook for like 10, 15 hours at a time. And they're just losing their sense of purpose. And it's, it's funny to watch. That's hilarious. I've had only one time in, in my life, I was sitting down, I was working at a, a company that did managed security services. And I was sitting down with one of the heads of sales um, going over some stuff. And he got a call and he's like, oh, one second, I got to answer this. And I was like, that's fine. We're in a conference room. And he answers it. And it's one of those, like, you've had a Microsoft issue or whatever. And he goes, oh, this is perfect timing. I have my lead security engineer sitting right across from the table from me. Can he talk to you? And he handed me the phone. And as I got there, I just heard the phone click off. <laughs> they were just like, nope, not, nope. not dealing with it. But that's awesome. I Yeah scumbags the end yeah so that's that's assassin's creed vikings and a little more hacking talk. a little watchdogs in there yeah a little, a little bit of watchdogs for y'all all right we have to talk about it i don't want to necessarily talk about it okay well before we talk about this if you are very interested in the last of us 2 and do not want any sort of spoilers at all probably mute your sound for like a good I can give you like a little wave, like please yeah. come back. If if you're watching, we can like yeah. make a signal. If you're listening, like sorry, this isn't the episode for you. Maybe skip like an extra thirty minutes from now, fifteen, twenty. Yeah, because we're we're gonna go into some pretty detailed stuff here over the next at least five to ten minutes, if not longer. So yeah. um, you know. You've been warned. I've now marked the last of us two spoilers. Okay. For Paul, so he can not clip this into a video and post it on Twitter and then <laughs> cause the entire Twitterverse to hate Gamezo for the end Great. all times and, and whatnot. So if you not have your followers on Twitter. Yeah. So if you 
have not been living under a rock. The Last of Us 2 had some some serious leaks. And when I say serious leaks, I mean not some like, oh, it's not like what we're going to talk about later with like the Lord of the Rings game where like a screenshot, like live action, like cut scenes. The whole damn thing got leaked. Story, like twists, the 100%, like you don't have to, if you go and look at the leaks or you listen to us, you don't have to play the game unless you want to, because we're probably going to tell you what happens. Okay. Well, I mean, we don't we're gonna, know for sure. Yeah. We're, well, I haven't kept up with it. I saw the initial thing and I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of step out. We're going back into Hackerland, right? Because this story's mm-hmm. also reached my day job because it turns out that it wasn't in, initially it was thought that it was an insider that was overworked that leaked the information. It turns out that's not the case and that um, it was likely a hack. And that we know that for sure. It's, pretty sure they grabbed two people and the reason that it's likely a hack according to the, the security research community is that hard coded into naughty dogs games are the basically the password the security key the encryption key to access the servers for things like multiplayer on uncharted last of us one etc Apparently, once you access those servers, if you did that from like an SSH terminal or from your computer itself, a computer, you could have more pervasive access than you probably should have, right? Because really what Naughty Dog was thinking was like, oh yeah, you have access to the server, but the game only talks over the APIs to do the stuff it needs to do for the multiplayer. You know, that's it. So these people were able to access the server. It was actually disclosed like a year ago to Naughty Dog that this you could do this and you could see other stuff, assets and whatnot. And so the thought is that somewhere on the last of us one server, they were also storing information for the last of us two, because in the past on like uncharted two servers, they were storing information for uncharted three. So it would kind of fit within how naughty dog has known to operate. So it was disclosed to them shortly after this information was leaked. The key on the last of us server got changed. Right, you you only rotate the key if it's within your company's time frame that you rotate keys, and apparently this key had been the same for a very long time. Or you rotate a key because one has been compromised or you or used inappropriately. So the key was ro- rotated back in April, about the time that these leaks started to to come out. So the information from that side is starting to really line up into that someone realized what the good guy hackers or researchers had disclosed and they did it. They found this information and then they leaked it. Um, Unfortunately for them, leaking the information as an insider of Naughty Dog or PlayStation who is mad just gets you in a lot of trouble from an NDA perspective. Accessing a system you're not supposed to have access to and then taking information is a federal crime. So there's kind of like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you done goofed. Um, So that's part of it. So we don't know for sure it could be an insider or it could be a hacker. But like I said, there was a lot of stuff in kind of the daily security blogs and news cycles I, I go to that we're talking about this. Um, and, and from a technical standpoint, it checks out, you know. Um, so that's one part of it. But these leaks, when we say they give away the whole story, I mean, they 
they talk about who, who dies who, who dies again yeah who kills who exactly you know and um i don't want to do specifics because we don't know like for sure for sure for sure yeah but it's gonna piss some people off yeah, yeah. like that's that's the one thing i wanted i want to you know we we're gonna try not to give away specifics but like if what came out is true you're gonna be not happy Last and, of Us Three canceled, essentially. Yeah, like no, no Last of Us Three at this point. It's just not. You're not going to be happy. The game is going to be pretty brutal, which I think we kind of understood from the perspective of when the first trailer came out. That was pretty like hard M, the initial trailer. Um, but the whole game, if this is true, looks to be a loop on how nasty revenge gets. And how that is just cyclical and you just end up with, I did my revenge and so then something came back and bit me and now I'm dead, but this person got their revenge and they don't feel great about it and they move on. But now the people that loved me are going to go get revenge against this person and so on and so forth. Like Mm -hmm. that's the cycle they're building in The Last of Us. Um, And like characters you like, if this is true, die in very graphic and brutal ways um oh. yeah you're just not going to be happy my man joel got taken to the masters oh for sure for sure <laughs> got, got my green jacket like it's not <laughs> it's oh my god um yeah it's it's not it's not gonna be good but i guess the what more came out of this is like people are mad now for like all the wrong reasons too i don't know if you've seen any of this no, I don't look into this at all. So you have the leaks. You've got so and so dying. You've got such and such a thing happening. You have this brutality and this, and then the game ends this way. And that person's maybe dead, but probably not. But maybe, but also that person's definitely dead, and all this bad crap, right? And like yeah. the one thing I will spoil is allegedly at some point in the game, it switches and you play the bad guy to Joel and Ellie. Which for the rest of the game. For the rest of the game. Which means at some point, all of the horrible stuff that happens to the characters that you grew to love through the first game, you're doing the horrible stuff to them. Which, like like I said, it's gonna make you mad. Um But now people are not just mad at that. They're not mad at the brutality, they're not mad at the fact that they're gonna be forced to like cause the brutality to these people that they've grown to care about as characters. They're mad because allegedly the character who's the bad guy is um, transgender and they're white knighting Uh-oh. this fact like pretty hard. And there's basically two camps. There's the camp of like, Oh, why do we have to make the transgender person the bad guy? Which I can kind of see that argument, like I I get that. And then well, there's a whole firm that this person is actually. Doing? No, this this is a this is a kind of a thing. People are getting. Ooh, why are we I know. I know. I know. So people are getting mad based on rumors from the based <clears throat> on the leaks, and I think that's wild. But what's really wild is there's a group of people that are legitimately mad at this game because there are no hot women in it. They're like, why all the girls look butch? This is stupid, and it's like. Okay. Why are you playing the game? So, but that's caused you have these kind of people white knighting the potential transgender character being the bad guy. Now openly arguing with the people online that are like, why are there no boobies in my game? And there's like this whole war happening over that stuff while 
no one's talking about the brutality or the fact that you're forced. It's it's the it's the most wild. It's the, you know what this is? This is I hate video gamers, Dan. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them all. Like why? Why? This Who is cares? a this is a whole thing. This is Jill's skirt 2.0. That's what this yes. is. This is Jill's skirt. This is literally every single time we have this conversation. There's always like the weird people that are just like, why well, don't I have the boobies in my game? Why can't I see up this girl's skirt? How come they gave her a shorts instead of like panties? Like, come on, man. This is people just, you know, they're, they're not staying true to the series and this is censorship. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? I get so mad when I see this stuff. And it's like, I hate it, man. Me too. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I just, I hate it. I hate gamers. Yeah. The, the, the term for them is capital G gamers. It's like them capital G gamers. The, I, the capital G gamers, get them out of here. I didn't even want to bring the topic up. It makes me so mad. Because I knew it would spin you up. But I just needed to mention how, like, in all of the things that are happening around this leak, in all of the things to get mad about, like we literally are having a war over the most useless component yeah. to like argue about, uh, which is which is silly. So I don't know. I'm not going to play the game because I know what happens, and I'm just like not really down with having to be the person that does that to the characters I liked from the first game. Um, I'm so, not playing the game because I got to kill dogs. I ain't doing that I'm, shit. I'm, I'm going to pass. Um, I don't know. But so that's the Last of Us Two leaks. They're out there. If you want them, you can find them. If you if you care about the game, I would avoid them. Um, actually the guys from bomb shelter games who, uh, who wanted, who were talking with to come on the podcast for another developer interview. They were like, hope you avoided those last of us two spoilers. I was like, I ran at those things face first. I was, oh, like, I, I was looking, I always do that. Uh, whenever there's leaks, whenever there's like star Wars leaks or leaks for anything, I'm always like, okay, where do I find these leaks? Yeah. <laughs> it's always hard to find the leaks. Like people are always, I was browsing Twitter and I'm just unsuspecting someone showed, drove by and was like, here's Star Wars leaks. Ah! And then like, I go looking for them. I can't find them. One hundred, like the same. They'll be like, man, everything got spoiled for me in such and such. And I'm like, how? I, you know, no, and, I see. and like, then, like you said, then you go like hunting the dark web. You got to yeah. pay some guy like one eighteenth of a Bitcoin to get the link. But exactly. these people are all having it like pop up on their, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Ross. But that's the last of us. I don't know. But like I said, there was a there was a tweet by like a Naughty Dog employee, and he was just, yeah. So in in Last of Us Two, there's gonna be dogs, and each dog is gonna have an owner. And then when you kill the dogs, you get to hear the owner call out for them. Sadly, but they don't come back. And then like every NPC has a name. So Nate is over there calling for his dog. Hey, Spike. Spike, where are you, buddy? But you killed Spike because Spike just ran at you randomly and tried to kill you, so you, you stabbed him in the face. That's the saddest shit and I've ever like, heard. I hate Western writing so much, man. I know. That's why JRPGs are the greatest. I know, man. But um, no, just Last of Us 2 in a nutshell. It just seems like it almost feels like Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat goes to college and like gets a little bit more intelligent because instead of just like, oh, I tore this dude's chest open ripped out his heart it's i took a hammer and i smashed this guy's nose in and then i took his nose and i pinned it to his hand and i i, I used his nose to st staple his hand to a tree and keep him there 
And it's like, okay, well, how about that that story you're writing? How how's that going? It's going no, good. Brutality. It's going. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I like just, that. Even from the first trailer, I was just totally not sold on the game. I was just not interested. Well, that and that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, you know, that first trailer came out and they. It was a hard M trailer. Like, yeah, we kind of knew they were going in this. Darker direction, so it really shouldn't be that that surprising. But I, I'm with you. If some of the stuff that's in the leak are true, like it's almost like the writing room sat around and they were like, OK. What's the worst thing we could possibly do, you know, and then do it. But yeah, I I mean, the the whole Joel thing, it just reminds me, and and this is a a hard spoiler if you watch Sons of Anarchy, but it just reminds me of the whole Opie and Sons of Anarchy thing. Like, I feel like they watched that show. They were like, man, that was so hard to watch. Let's put it in our video game. Put it in our game. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's move on to my favorite topic. No more spoilers. No more spoilers. The spoilers are over. Spoilers have ended. WWE. 2K21 was canceled. Yes, for good reason. But what are they doing, Ross? They're tell, tell the people. Making Super Smash Brothers WWE. Exactly. They're coming out with a super arcadey, which I don't necessarily have a problem against. I thought WWE All-Stars was actually pretty fun. Do you remember yeah. that one? That was good. I remember looking at it. I do not like wrestling. I don't care about wrestling. So it's just, okay, cool. Same. But I mean, I think this is the best move WWE can do because if you want like realism and you want, you you know, like a a true to life sim, why are you watching like fake wrestling? I mean, (laughs) there is fair fair point. Fair point. So yeah, WWE is just an anime essentially. A live action anime. You ain't wrong. Just a shonen anime, and John Cena's like Goku or something. That's awesome. John Cena doesn't even wrestle anymore, bro. Oh man, see, that's how much I pay attention to wrestling. Do you even you even watch wrestling, bro? You even no, I know, I know, I know The Rock. I know John Cena. Um, that's it. There you that's go. All that's, that's all you need to know. All right. Okay. We can we can move on from that. I just thought it was interesting because two weeks ago we talked about the cancellation, and then in the after show we watched a bunch of videos of how bad the game was, and then yep. that, and then the next day when the podcast launched, two K came out and they were like, "We're not doing two K twenty one, but we're doing two K arcade mode thing." So. Yeah, and it doesn't have a date. Well, it doesn't have like a a twenty twenty one or whatever, so they can just hold on to that for four years exactly, and then hopefully fix their game. We'll see. Maybe for next gen. Next, next, next gen. All right, let's. This is this segment is called the a bunch of game announcement or leak stuff, and we're just gonna lump them all together because there's not enough to talk about <laughs> about each one. So, uh, Battlefield, we're getting a new one in 2021. Yay! Cool. Uh, we don't know what it's about. It's just it's coming. We have no info. We just know it's coming. There you uh, go. Uh, there is a Lord of the Rings next gen screenshot that leaked of my man Golem. There's like five of them. Well, yeah, I, I meant screens. I should oh, yeah. acted like there was one screenshot. <laughs> one singular screenshot. Um, but yeah, th- there's that. And then Mass Effect Trilogy is getting remastered again. Let's go. Remaster it again. I'm actually honestly excited for this because um, I, 
I wanted to go back. I've never played the whole trilogy. I played the first game and then some of the second one when the trilogy came out for PS3 and mm-hmm. Xbox 360. Yeah. And recently I'm like, fine. man, I really want a sci-fi RPG. I was like, Mass Effect's great. Have they, I Mass actually think Andromeda yeah. for you. No. So what's funny, <laughs> what's funny is like no joke three, three or so months ago, I was sitting around wanting to buy some kind of sci-fi game. Uh, that was like a sci-fi RPG. And I was like, they must have ported that or remastered that to PS4 already, right? And like I was, I was like, no, they haven't. Come on, like, but we're getting it. So it's on Origin. Yeah, I don't. You can you can download Origin and get Mass Effect trilogy or whatever for Origin. I try to avoid Origin. Then you can play Apex Legends wherever possible. Which brings us to our next point: Apex Legends. Is it? Oh yeah. wow, I did that perfectly. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at you. Apex Legends is getting a PVE quest mode. Yay. Yeah, there's a... So Season 5 starts on the 12th, which I think is Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so new character. Okay. Uh, new, Technically not a new map because it's the first map, but they did the Fortnite thing and destroyed half of it and was like, ooh, we're coming back. Because Season 3 and 4, I think, went to a newer map. And... For season four, they like destroyed half of it. And now season five, they're going back to the old map, but they destroyed half of it. Hey, man. Cool. Use the assets you have, you know? Damn. But I don't know. PvE mode in a battle royale. It'll be interesting. I wonder what other game has done that before. Hmm. Fortnite. Hmm. It all comes back to Fortnite. Always. Always. Never stops. But the uh, the new character's cool. Like, I don't think they've announced anything officially, but apparently she can just see items through walls and stuff like that. So she can be like, oh, I need a helmet. Let me go. Let me hit my button or whatever and look for all helmets in the area. And then she can see like, oh, this building has like a blue helmet, whatever. Nice. That's actually, that's actually a pretty unique skill and good for. Uh, for Battle Royale, right? So, yeah. They're thinking with their wrinkly brain, Ross. <laughs> their wrinkly brain, not their smooth brain. And look at that. You actually covered an esports topic at the same time. Lobo. There. Now we've, now we've come full circle on Loba. it. We don't have to, we, Loba. Now we Loba don't, is the female version okay. of Lobo. There we go. Now we don't have to. Uh, and I, I will like, I rushed with the show notes so bad that I threw this in here as an agent for Valorant because there's so much Valorant crap in the esports section. I was just like, and so and so for Valorant, and this and this for Valorant, and this and this for Valorant. And then Ross had to correct me before the show. He was like, dude, that you didn't even remotely try here. You screwed that up. So that's why there's two of us. Mm-hmm. That's why there's two of us. The beard and the brain. You know what I mean? So um anyway, we can move on to the main topic. We were initially going to when I had the initial list and I was thinking about stuff yesterday, it, there was so much news that just all comes back to Xbox Series X. Like, that's just what, it, you know, it is what it is. So we're just going to talk about Xbox Series X because we had a bunch of games announced. We had an event. We had feedback about the event. We <laughs> learned about their whole, um, how they're going to handle upgrading games and the whole thing. Right, so there's just a bunch of stuff around it. So we're just going right. to talk about Xbox Series X, the desktop that they're turning into a, a console. You remember when Alienware tried to do that? No, 
You know, Alienware had a PC that had a controller. And then yeah, they, that was the joke. I don't. Oh, I don't okay. <laughs> I thought you would. I was like, dude, we sold them at one point. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Alienware tried to do this and it, it was a good concept, I thought, to try to get people like into PC gaming. But at the end of the day, it's still PC gaming. So you might as well get a real full powered PC and just PC game instead of trying to like meet halfway. But yeah. Anyway, so which part of Xbox Series X do you want to talk about first? so how about that trailer well not trailer but like they did the video which was the collection of all the trailers and it was like gameplay trailer for all these xbox one games and it was just the like the cinematic trailer for stuff yeah that the the best tweet i ever heard i saw was someone was like xbox promised us games 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 and they gave us game you know like, like just singular because yeah, they, they did that. They had this big push for the this event, this showcase. They were going to show all these games and all this stuff. And then it was just trailer after trailer after trailer for games. And people were uh, less than impressed. I just, uh, like, I, I'm still scarred from the last console generation of just all these really, 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 really cool E3 videos that are supposed to wow us and get us hype and pre-order now and all this stuff and then the game comes out and it's just nothing close to it and we we do these case studies on oh here was the e here was the e3 trailer here's this part in the actual game of the e3 trailer here's how they're different look at the downscaling look at all this stuff look at all these features that got gutted and it's just i'm at the point now where when i see these things i just don't care like show me people get mad because they don't show gameplay because because of this very reason and we see these trailers and it's okay. Okay, this trailer's cool. It looks cool. You know, graphics are okay. I mean, you can't really do graphics better, really, than what we're doing right now. It's what are you gonna do? You know? And again, where's the gameplay? I want to see the HUD. I want to see uh, the actual in-game. What's happening? How do I do this? What's combat like? This is these are the things I care about. I don't care about. Oh, here's this catchy song and oh here's the trailer of the ship going through the asteroid and i'm doing these scripted things and it's just i don't care show me the gameplay it's yeah. that simple and and i think you nailed that portion right because what you're really i mean what you're really watching is just like a, a really good cgi movie yeah like that that's all you're doing right so it's not even this it's, is why Final Fantasy VII Remake is so good, because the CGI movie is the game. game. Yeah, it's one of the first, for sure, it's one of the first games I've ever looked at where I was like, oh, crap. Why not games are good? Because it's the game. Yeah, yeah, Uncharted, you're right, like, Last of Us. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all really good. But, yeah, that, that's all it was. It was, it was basically a, a super flashy trailer list. And look, they had, you know, I, I did some, I did some coverage on dirt five because there was some history there where, um, basically a few days ago they had come out with a letter to fans and were like, Hey, the dirt rally Two, like it's end of life basically. And we're looking forward to working on new stuff and whatever that may be, you know, we're still going to support this game. It has a great esports scene, blah, blah, blah. But we're moving on to our next big project. Oh, by the way, we're going to be announcing it soon. 
And I was like, oh, well, clearly they're going to announce it at the Xbox thing. So there was kind of a, a story around that game because they, Codemasters had this whole lead in and, and whatnot. And like to the credit of that game, at least the whole trailer is done in engine, but in engine running on a $10,000 computer can look a lot different than in engine yeah, running on that, the Xbox series. That's X. The then they, they like, they run these on like a souped up PC and then the, the console, cause they they're scared. Cause they know the game's just not good on a console. And it's just not good on console architecture. So they they bust out like a Linus Tech Tips super custom built T like computer that was twenty thousand dollars, and they wheel it over on the the E3 stage. And their stupid little gameplay demo freezes halfway through the the <laughs> the whole thing. And they're like, oh well, you know, it's just in the early stages. We'll fix it. And then it gets downscaled on console, and it looks like garbage. And then they got half the features, and it's just this is why people are like E3 should die. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's this big rush, and there's, I forget the name of the documentary, but there's a really good documentary about, um, what's that, what's the game, it's an Ubisoft game with the swords. For Honor? For Honor, thank you. Um, It's about the guy that, like, conceptualized that game and worked at, was basically the project lead on that game. And there's the whole part where they bring it to E3 and like the panic around the demo not working and the this and the that, but how yeah, much pressure right. there is. And there's so much information and, and like uh, coming at them and how important it is from their marketing department. It has to be at E3. People have to show it at E3. And like you said, it's they're playing it on a computer and then the latest build's not working. So they're trying to get Wi-Fi so they can download it from a server back in Montreal. And like, there's all this drama around it. And it's like, why? Just like when the game is playable show it right like the way they should treat e3 is the way people treat like pax or any of these other conventions you have a booth with a playable demo okay you you, you're not rushing to get a pax build okay yeah maybe you want some extra features or whatever to show off at pax but you have a demo that works and you show up with that as opposed to like three million dollar cg trailers and all this other stuff. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on it. And while all the games looked great, they were all either in engine or rendered elsewhere. Yeah. So, and, and I don't want to be that guy, but they didn't look that much better than the stuff we have now. No, because I mean, what are you going to do? You, if you, if you have a $400 console with, you know, maybe $600 parts, what are you realistically going to be able to accomplish compared to, like, what we're seeing on PCs nowadays? Exactly. And it's not the console versus PC thing. It's just, like, it's a cost thing. If you have a $600 thing, what do you actually realistically expect to come out of it? Yeah. And it's, it's true. Sorry. No, you're right. I'm sitting with, I have a, a twelve or $1,200 desktop under here running this, yeah, I have a I have a five hundred dollar laptop over here that I would not run this stream on, purely based on things. I can run some games over here that I can run on here. I'll give you an example. I run iRacing off my laptop, I get sixty frames a second. I run iRacing off my desktop, I get ninety frames a second and a higher resolution on a curved screen. Like they're two different things. Okay, it's the same thing. With, so you're right. It's not a PC versus console thing. It's just a cost issue. You just can't jam as much into a console yeah. at this, you know, at a price point that people are going to find palatable. And there's been conversations in the background around like, would they ever make a modular console? So like, oh, you get your PS5, but you want your new hotter graphics. And it's like, no problems. Yeah, it's just not get a PC. So just get 
that's all interesting. And then to your point, industry analysts think that the Xbox Series X is going to be $400. And, and what we know about the PS5 is the PS5 is going to cost them about $450 to make, meaning it's probably going to be closer to a $500 console unless Sony wants to take a big loss like they did with the PS3. Well, so, that's why I don't think the price really matters in terms of our conversation on like performance and stuff like that because Xbox has been taking L's for the last 10 years because of Xbox One and now they're going into this other like the they the next next generation they're still taking L's for what they did two generations ago, right? Mm-hmm. So realistically, yeah, you t- you take a loss for like $100 a console or whatever, but how much realistically is that setting you up in the long run? It's like what you should have done last generation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I was just pointing that out because like, let's say they're not taking a loss, you know, like what, let's say they're breaking even like what, and look, there's economy of scale here and whatnot, right? Like when you buy 20 million, you know, NVIDIA graphics cards, you get a, you get a break on them, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but how much are you really getting in there? And that was, the, and that was like one of the, you know, to loop this back, that was one of the big talking points I saw all over social media as well was like, they don't look that good. Now, a lot of that has to do with, we're not going like last generation, we went from 1080 to 4k, right? So there was this immediate resolution, like bump. We went the frame, the FPS, you know, was up. And That's only with specific consoles. With, yeah. With certain things. Um, so we had some of these we had some of these jumps and the power increase was huge. The power increase from what's there today to the next generation isn't that huge isn't as big as the jump from the last generation. And then the other thing is and what people kind of need to realize is the games at the end of PS3 and Xbox 360 lifecycle did look pretty much as good as the launch yeah. games on the the current generation. It's just developer studios find their tips and tricks and they get really optimized and efficient with using what's available on the console they're developing for. And then they have to relearn and through the next life cycle to do that. So the games you're going to see at the end of the Xbox series X are going to look incredible in comparison to the games that we're, we're seeing today. So I think people need, that's kind of my like tamper your expectations, whatever. Yeah. It's not a big deal if they don't look the way you feel like they should look to that point. I remember playing Killzone. I think it was either two or three. I want to say it was two because I was playing through the the trilogy because PS4 was coming out. And I remember playing Killzone two and going through the initial level and thinking to myself, wow, this looks like a PS4 game. And this was like a a mid stage of life cycle PS3 game. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate to break it to these game companies, but we really don't, care about how good your game looks after like it's it's diminishing returns after a certain point it's like i want it to look like the naughty dogs games or like final fantasy 7 remake and like in that once you get to that area that's pretty much like the pinnacle of what we really want and then after that every little bit more it's like okay yeah cool it's it looks great you know it looks great looks great looks great but i mean what we really want is we want these games to load quicker, which the consoles are going to do. We want, you know, the games to actually be robust and filled with, you know, features and gameplay time and not just like a three hour tech demo for your ray tracing that you just like your shiny new toy. 
So I can't wait to see this first Xbox exclusive knack or whatever they they put on there and it's just it's just all ray tracing everywhere you walk into this room ray tracing rays here rays there rays everywhere look at the ray tracing we have on our new card that we put into our console and it's like okay but game kind of sucks meanwhile the xbox series x is like with the fans because (laughs) it's like please please i'm not meant to do this much ray tracing it's an added feature it's not a necessity please stop so um, so yeah, it was the, the thing was lack. The whole event was a little lackluster. We didn't get as much gameplay as we could, but we did get two, um, two things I think that were really interesting. Smart delivery, which is their, their methodology of basically saying like, if you buy this game for not the they Xbox Series X, when you upgrade to Xbox Series X, you will get the optimized version. You ha- you get to, you buy it once. Except for EA. Except for EA. Because EA is... Where their game is probably going to be the same, and it's just going to be like a weird-looking port. Yeah. Well, actually, funny funny you mentioned that, because I'm looking at... I wanted to talk about some of the games they announced, but I'm looking at the Madden 21 from EA, and that is a smart delivery game. Look at that. Yes, but it's it's a smart delivery game that you have to buy for Xbox One within a certain time frame, and then you have to redeem it on the other console within a certain time frame. Oh, geez, so it's EA's doing the EA yeah, thing. Yeah, so like all the okay. other games are like, yeah, you buy it, you're good. But EA is like, okay, well, you have to buy it within this date, and then you have to redeem it within this date. And to their fairness, I mean, the you have to buy the original version before like December, and then redeem it on the next console before March. So it's just assuming that you're going to buy it like around Christmas time. Yeah. That's Which not terrible, fair, but still, like, why can't? Why do you have to do this? Why do you have to be the one guy every single time? Damn you, EA! <laughs> it's always EA. It's, yeah, it's the worst. Um, and then the other thing is, they did show some cool, cool looking games. Some stuff that we knew, you know, Madden. Uh, we had Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You know, j- j- games that okay, we expect it and. It's important to note that just because they showed these games at this event doesn't make them Xbox exclusive. They might not even have a deal necessarily with Xbox to do anything special with the game. It just whatever marketing deals were struck were struck. They just showed up and were like, "Hey, you, you do, we're we're kind of short on content. Do you have like a trailer you can throw in here with us?" Exactly. Can, well, you, can you do us a solid? But we did get we did get some cool stuff. Um, I mentioned Dirt Five getting mm-hmm. announced was cool. Uh, a lot of people are really big on that game. Second, uh, second, second, Jeez. extinction, extinction. Yeah, the, it, I thought it, I thought we were getting a new Turok for a minute. Like legit, I was like, yeah. yo, we going like so that looks cool. Um, you're shooting uh, shooting up dinosaurs, which is pretty cool. That game Medium looks wicked, scary, scary. <laughs> like not 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 a Ross game. Like that's also not right? a Dan game. We'll we'll, <laughs> let, we'll let Tom play that one and and report back. Yeah, um, but that, no, that I live alone. Really... Like I don't want to deal with no nightmares or times are tough, man. Someone walking down the hall at three a.m. after you yeah, played no, that, not for me. just not not a good one. Um, you know, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines too. That's man. really that's actually really interesting, honestly, because that's such a that's such a cult favorite game that people still play that to this day, and like the modding community is so robust with that game, and it's just. It's so loved within their little their little cult that now that they're finally getting a second one, I think it's pretty cool. Cause I've I've watched tons of videos on it and it just it seems like a, a like a neat game. Yeah. It 
an inter- again an interesting flavor but you're right it, it's pretty that is pretty cool um another game that's kind of in the same vein is we're getting a new yakuza oh those games are great i love i love those, those games. games are great and and people i feel like people either like really love them or don't and um that's another one where it's got like a really a really strong community around it so uh yakuza like a dragon is coming out smart delivery thank you sega oh, okay um, um bright memory infinite it, dude, it's so funny that I was watching that trailer and then I saw Bright Memory again and it's made by one guy in China. That is not like what? We, is that something? Yeah, that that Bright Memory game is made by one singular dude in China. I had no right? idea. So you you have like this huge Xbox Series X trailer and like this is the flagship introduction of your new console and the games. And then somewhere in there is a game that one dude in China is just making like in his house. That's crazy. Good for that guy because the game actually looks yeah, it looks really great, good. Right? You know, so you know, good, good for him. It's his like you know, his opus. His that, that's to go back to the the last podcast where we were, we were talking, to and he's like he wanted to just kind of advertise more made by two guys please keep that in mind when you're playing the game. I feel like they should just have made by one guy in China in his house. Please keep that in mind. Just at the bottom of like the, the trailer. Yeah. Just like be, be net. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's true. I, he made a really good point, um, you know, on that last week, you know, it's like not, it's not necessarily be nice, but just like as part of the marketing material, like, Oh, you think this look looks good. Like, you know, it's made by one dude in, in China. But also, at the same time, when you're four hours in and the game's over, remember, in the marketing, we told you yeah, <laughs> it was made by one guy in China. So, um, that's pretty cool. And then there was the one, oh, what? it's not in front of me. I meant to write it down. I sent you um, a Discord about it. Um, Scarlet something. Oh, the, the anime game? Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a, that's an us game that looked too. Well, I, don't, I don't know. It looked cool. It looked cool. It's like an, again, it was a trailer. Oh yeah, but it's like they're they're these dope anime people, and they're yeah. doing combat stuff, and they're part of like a psy op psychic squad, and like okay, I'm in. Like that's all I need to know for now. Okay, for now, I'm in. That's that's a cool game. Now again with the trailer, there there was the chorus game, but that was like announced like probably two three weeks ago, anyways. So it's just we already knew that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was underwhelming. Like I said, there was some cool stuff. I thought I really like medium for me. That was like the game that I was like, whoa, like, yeah, isn't a Silent Hill guy working on that? I think so. I think so. I, it think looks, I remember seeing something about that. That one looks like super scary. Really good. Um, yeah, so that I, I think those those are good. Um, anything else on Xbox Series X you wanted to, to to chat about? I think we covered it. Like it was a little disappointing. Lots of trailers, few cool games. Price point's going to be about four hundred, and then the smart delivery is actually a really smart, really it's smart just, system. Again, I want to stress that they screwed themselves so badly last generation that at this point, Microsoft is doing damn near everything right. Game Pass is awesome. Like the Game Pass in itself is great. It's so much better than PlayStation now. As someone who has only ever owned Sony consoles, just Microsoft is doing absolutely everything right in terms of that stuff. But no one cares anymore because Xbox One and Connect. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, they jacked up the last generation so poorly that it's just, like you said, it's just going to follow them for such a long time. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I'm glad they listened. Uh, I think PS5 is is poised to start out of the gate hot. But um, again, that's just based on what you just said. It's based on perception from the last generation. Or the or the mm-hmm. one before it, so, um, and it just kind of goes back to like us talking about how games shouldn't be sixty dollars anymore. It's just like these consoles, like you pay four hundred dollars for them. What do you what do you expect realistically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just you have to have good expectations, and yeah. I might, you know, honestly, I might grab both. Oh yeah, like I no, for sure. I usually just grab one, but um, this generation is looking really good. They're looking. I think Xbox has learned, Microsoft has learned. And I was having this conversation with my brother-in-law today when he when he popped by to say um, Happy Mother's Day. Oh, by the way, we're like halfway through this podcast. Happy Mother's Day to any moms listening. Um, my mom listens. She'll hear this. She'll be like, why wasn't it up front? But Damn. We, we were talking about um, the next-gen consoles, and he was like, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should get a Series X or a PS5? <laughs> like, whatever. And I was like, look, man, wherever your friends are playing, play those games. I was like, my friends all play on PC. I can buy whatever I want for a console. Like, if I want one, both, neither, Stadia, like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. It's because I know I come to this thing and I play I play games with you guys. Um, you know, and that's... Allegedly. It's not anymore. I hate you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, that is Xbox Series X. We get to now move on to the ever-juicy esports scene. Esports, esports, esports. Dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have someone make like really bad vocal bumpers that are just like, yeah. like daytime radio, like real bad. It's time for sports. Exactly. Coming exactly. live for you up here in the fan Houston. It's Dan and Ross here to talk about esports. It's the best. Da, 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 da. I'm just, I'm gonna go back to the recording <laughs> and just clip that audio, and then I'm gonna play it every time, every time we go to, into esports. Yeah. Um. So. We're gonna start. Well, do you want to start off with this super juicy Vancouver one, or do you want to you want to wait on that? Is is it really super juicy? It's pretty juicy. I don't think it's that. Okay, we'll we'll start with it. Okay, so the Vancouver Titans dropped their entire roster, and then like Mm -hmm. immediately signed a new roster. Mm -hmm. That means they hated everybody. Not quite. And they had a whole new team ready. All right. That that's my take. Ross, give the actual information. That's my take. AKA, I didn't look this up, and I know nothing. And I hope that Ross looks something up. I let Ross look up all the esports section. Yes. Okay. So, Vancouver Titans. Do you know who is the ownership team for the Vancouver Titans? No. The only thing I know about them is that they are in the Overwatch League. Okay. Uh, Luminosity Gaming. Okay. Who we talked about previously about essentially being a bad organization. Um, surprise are doing bad organization things again in another game. So this team is so, well, I don't want to say they're irrelevant because they're the runners up last season. But when I first brought this up to Dan, I called them the Vancouver giants, which is actually like an AHL team. And then that's how much I care about overwatch. (laughs) Um, AHL being minor league hockey, by the way. Um, yeah. So Vancouver Titans, the, so they're like Overwatch League. Most of these teams, a lot of their players are Korean. Um, 
and they brought a bunch of Korean players over to Vancouver. <sighs> Luminosity did Luminosity things where they don't really, I don't want to say care about their players because that's mean, but like they just, they weren't really good at communicating. They didn't really, there's talks about them not getting paid appropriately and that's whole all alleged stuff. So I'm not going to obviously report on that, but. So when COVID happened, all of these Korean players had to go back home, which doesn't work out very well for Overwatch League because when they moved to online, they have they grouped the teams based on like their region and stuff like that. So obviously Vancouver being like a, a North America area, they were playing like Philadelphia Fusion, Boston Uprising, and stuff like that. So now half of their players are in Korea. So they they tried to shift them into the the Asian brackets, so they were playing like Shanghai and like all those, like that area teams. And it just, it wasn't working because half the teams were kind of in a weird situation. It was just a mess. So they started by dropping one player and everyone kind of knew what was happening. So all like they were just getting pressured on social media. Like, we know you're dropping everyone. Just say that you're dropping everyone. So a week came, went by, they dropped the rest of the team. And like you said, they picked up a random contenders roster where half of the players were underage and another guy they couldn't keep on the team because he had a history of just treating women poorly. Oh, no. So, which is classic, you know, game, capital G gamers. Um, and then two days later, they got smoked in Overwatch League by Washington, which is like one of the worst teams. And just Overwatch in general just kind of sucks. Um. As we, like we have in the show notes, Sinatra left for Valorant. Another guy left for Valorant. Again, even the best players don't care about Overwatch League anymore. They want out. Um, the second division for Overwatch League, the the rivals or the contenders or whatever it's called, um, out of the 20, I think, actual Overwatch League teams, only six of them still have teams in the minor division. The rest of them are all just kind of like random orgs and like random pickup teams. Nobody cares about Overwatch League anymore. Yeah. I don't think anyone cared about Overwatch League in the beginning because half of their views were like view botting for like Overwatch drops, kind of like the Valorant keys. Uh, that, but that's a whole different story. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a really good job building a, a league and an infrastructure. Um, I think Overwatch as a game itself has not been not fun. You know, like it's just not. Yeah, I mean, I. That's have you life. watched Overwatch League? I have. It's all right. Like it's fine. Like it's 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 just. But it's the game. Like the. I think yeah. like people just don't care about the game as much as they used to, and unfortunately, people don't really care that much about esports. It, it's it's getting bigger. The mainstream's getting used to it. But like throwing your stuff on Disney XD doesn't make you like a mainstream production you know what i mean and you know you mentioned about not knowing the team name and stuff i was at pax and i saw boston uprising jerseys and stuff everywhere i was like what what program is this the boston uprising what are we doing are we helping yeah i was like we do we have like we're helping esports athletes grow in boston are we is this some like build the community around gaming and then i finally walked by their booth by accident i was like oh the overwatch team okay now i like it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with it, but I I did think it was just interesting, um, and I think they initially like you mentioned they were getting pressured. Their initial thing was like, oh, we're having disputes 
were having management dispute with like player management, basically. Yeah, because right? they were mad about like not getting paid and stuff. Yeah. So, alleged. Allegedly. So that that was interesting. We're seeing you're gonna see that with a lot of stuff. I'm gonna skip real quick and just jump down. Everybody's leaving different pro esports to try out the Valorant thing. We talked in the past about the um, ninjas in pajamas, their former um, Paladins Premier League roster that won the championship last year. They were let go and then re-signed as Valorant team. You have um, a few Sinatra and uh, some, some other players, Corey leaving Owl for for Valorant. You had uh, Freakazoid leaving CSGO for Valorant. So just a lot of people hopping on that Valorant money. Yeah, but Riot, I mean, Riot Freakazoid doesn't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, Riot does it well. And like, if you're a fringe player, or you're not happy with this game you're playing or the league you're yeah, in. Yeah, that's like, exactly what it is. Like, let me know when Simple or Kenny S or Zywu like drop Counter-Strike for Valorant. Yeah. Then so, I'll care. So it's just, it's, it is what it is, but, um, and the other thing I was going to mention is you're just going to see like a lot of people having issues with these online tournaments because you, you see it all the time, right? Like a team has like three people us and two UK and they've got to play on North America East servers and the UK people are, you know, they're pings through the roof and it's yeah, just, it's just, it's just part of the challenge. So you're going to see, I think you're going to see people dropped or process change, specific around the online component and have nothing to do with the the actual players until we get back on lands. So um, pretty much all two, three, two thirds North Americans. He's going down the list on the Google doc trying to figure out what else to talk about. No, no, no. (laughs) Zach, who's one of our writers popped in and said uh, pretty much all tier two and three North American CS players are jumping to Valorant. Yeah, so, but that's that's every game. That's, we kind of expect that. So um, the next thing it's it's a it's a it's a one Ross hates, so he can just go get a water or something. We're gonna talk oh, s- it is, the, the sim racing sports. Yeah, it's it's gonna take me two seconds, so don't actually leave. Let, um, it, let it be known that we can't get through a single episode without Dan mentioning packs or mentioning iRacing. Yes, and the day I don't ma- mention either, it's like a bingo board. I'll give ten dollars to Ross. So. Um, R8G Esports launched like last week. Um, this was not a big deal because a new esports organization launched around sim racing. This was a big deal because a active Formula One driver didn't just get involved in sim racing. He went out and he got like Acer Predator, Mind Maze, and a bunch of big companies to put full support behind him launching his own organization. Um, and that's different than what we're seeing with other folks in that, um, you know, they're jumping on, they're joining, they're staying relevant by racing. Uh, Romain Grosjean, who drives for Haas um, in F1, he just said, no, screw it, I'm going all in. And what's even funnier about this is he's been one of the guys that has been like, I don't really like practicing in the simulator. And he's come out and started an esports team. So um, I just thought it was it was an interesting one. He was basically the last guy from the sport that I would have said, actually, well, one of the last guys from Formula One that I would would have said during this would go all in on starting a team, you know, I never even expected him to participate. Never mind, start a whole team. So that is that is that. Um, I didn't marker that. So there's also a. Uh, I hate calling it soccer because I know it's games.co.uk, but there's the a football, uh, the beautiful game. Yeah, there's a there's a football player in France. I think he's French, but he did the same thing. But it's just a general esports team. It's called Grizzly Esport. I think his like last name is Griezmann or something like that. But yeah, there's there's other athletes doing the same thing. It's it's smart, you know. I mean, he's launching in the sim racing thing 
probably makes sense from a branding perspective. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point it's, it's stretched out beyond that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, all right, next topic. Cloud nine exits competitive Dota. Done. I don't done, care. Done. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, <that's- laughs> no, it's just a, I hate cloud nine. I don't like them as an org, especially now they just seem incredibly lazy with their business decisions, whether it's supporting a random team in Korea that no one watches in rainbow six, just so they can stay in the revenue sharing program or like showing up in counter-strike for a little bit and then backing out or, showing up in Dota 2 for a little bit and then backing out. It's like, we, we get it. You care about League of Legends and that's it. And it's just, now you're a brand, but like you're like a tier two brand now because now we have 100 Thieves and we have FaZe Clan. And it's like, people just don't care about you anymore, man. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have... I have Sorry not, if I'm making people mad, but I just, I don't like Cloud9. I don't care. I, I honestly, I just put it on there because it was... It was in there. Zach's it, mentioning they didn't even last four months, which is... Okay, so here, here is their, their timetable, right? So they signed a team in January, like January 20th or something like that. They played one tournament in February. I don't think they won it. They won like maybe like one or two games or whatever in it. Then they dropped two players in March. They picked up two new players. And then within a week of shuffling the roster they play in a tournament lose all five games then they play something in april do poorly there too and then cloud nine's gone hey man cool results what have you done for me lately great that's what it is i don't care it is what it is all right we only have two more topics we're cruising we along about the good esports org now which one liquid Yes. Yeah, we can go to Liquid. So, right. um, Jat, who is an LCS uh, commentator, shoutcaster. Um, this is a very near and dear topic to me. Has, has become uh, head coach at Liquid. Team Liquid. Yes. So. So, Jat, uh, I don't want to like name drop and say like I'm friends with this guy because I'm not. He probably doesn't even remember me. But 12, 13 years ago, we played Guild Wars together for a short time. So Jet has always been on my radar as like a cool guy. Um, he has been around League since the beginning. Um, he he kind of came to fame one time. I forget who they played, but he was on a team called Rock Solid, and he played this character Udir, who was like a jungler, and he like w- like the character was like okay, but he wasn't like flashy. But Jet had like this one game against a super high tier team, and he just went off, and he kind of went from there, and he became a caster and stuff like that. But Team Liquid, a great esports org, unlike Cloud9. Um, signing people that are very knowledgeable. Jat is, Jat is a good guy. Um, he is very knowledgeable about League of Legends. He has been there since the beginning, whether he's playing, shoutcasting, casting, desk analyst. Like he's, he's done absolutely everything. And I wouldn't... If this is something he wanted to do in coaching, he is... By far a more qualified candidate and probably 95% of the people out there. So good for him. I'm sure he'll do well. Sucks he lost double lift, but what are you going to do? Yeah, good pickup for sure for Liquid. And uh, unlike Cloud9 on this podcast, yeah. we support Team Liquid. We, so. we, we are not Cloud9 fans. Yeah, Dan could care less, but I, I, me... 
I love Team Liquid because when you think of esports, you think like early, early, early esports. You think StarCraft Two. You think TeamLiquid.net or .com or whatever it was, and you think like Evil Geniuses. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's kind of like whatever Wild yeah. West. Now we've reached the stage where it's just like all venture capitalists with like fire logos and gamer jerky coupon codes and Aporia custom T-shirts and. That's cool. all it takes, baby. That's all it takes. It's um. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that. Like it, it really is. It's the new, it's the new hot investment. It's not you know software startups are out, esports teams are in. Let's yeah. go, you know. So, yeah, what do you, I mean, you you look at I look at it right, and um, there's an MMA organization in Asia, uh, which I mean, Asia has a bigger esports scene, right? Uh, it's kind of like where it, it kind of started, ish. But like you know, I I always think when I think of early days of esports, I think of like the sold out stadiums in South Korea for yeah. StarCraft and stuff like that. You know, for StarCraft. So, so you're right; it depends on the game. But I always I always think back to that. Mm-hmm. And there's actually an MMA organization called One Fighting Championship, um, and they now they recently launched before like COVID and everything happened. They announced uh, one esports series. Right, and the guy who runs that organization is famous for basically one FC is not a profitable venture, but he is excellent at continuing to grow the brand and the reach of the organization through taking on funding from venture capitalists. So it's just funny that you mentioned that because it's like he came out this year with like a three pronged approach. He was like, "We're doing more shows in Asia. We're doing our first show in America, and we have one esports." Like, boom! That's our that's we took our venture capital money, our millions of dollars, and this is Ugh. what. This is what we're doing. Um, and to be fair to them, they put on good shows. It's just, it is what it is. MMA is not a profitable business. I almost see is such a dirty word, man. Yeah. I, I hate hearing that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. So, but good for Team Liquid. All right. The last topic on the day. We have a code of conduct for Valorant. It's here. The community no, is not, not gonna, here. The, the community, I mean, it's not here, but the community is not going to be dog. All right, Riot is part of the Fair Play Alliance. We're gonna we're gonna build strong community. We're going to track and share our learnings across 160 other organizations through this Fair Play Alliance, and we're gonna figure out how we can promote fair play on our game. And honestly, my favorite quote about this entire thing is the following. It's actually highlighted in the article. On GameZo, I pulled it up so I got it right. Truth be told, more robust communities are not only better from a moral perspective, but they also attract and retain more players, and that means more presence, faster growth, and definitely more happiness to everyone. And that first part makes me is the part that like really caught me. More robust communities are not only better from a moral perspective, right? That's the nicest way I've ever heard of like people want to play games where everyone's not dicks. Like that's, that's, that's really what I, what I got from that. So. <sighs> okay. Daniel, I apologize oh, for no. what I'm about to do. Oh no. But like if you're riot games and you've had lawsuits levied against you by your own employees that you ignore because your CEO is essentially a 16 year old child. Yeah. You can move out of the frame. <laughs> this code of conduct. Okay. Let it be known, if you are making a game, if you are making an online game, your code of conduct, to me, is as important as anti-cheat or something to that nature. Because for someone who will go into a game by themselves and, you know, solo queue, as it's called, 
I nine times out of ten, I have a much worse time playing against just like rude people, just twelve year old kids who you know still think South Park is cool, and just if you're generally a bad person, that's gonna make my game experience a lot worse than someone who's like aimbotting because the prevalence of someone who is hacking or you know using whatever it's a lot less than someone who's just going to go into a game and just be like a like a jerk and it's it's awful this needs to be installed from the beginning you need to stamp this stuff out immediately this is as important as someone cheating because me playing this game and me having just a bad experience with bad teammates and like i don't care if you're bad i don't care if you're bad or good but if you're like a jerk to literally your entire team if you're a jerk to the other team if you're just making my experience worse i don't want to play your game and you know i'm thick skin i don't care if someone calls me a slur or something or whatever i don't care but at the end of the day like i'm not gonna want to play the game because i want people that are gonna work with me that are gonna have you know call outs or someone who's gonna be like okay well this round let's go here but instead, I have people who be like, hey, loser, why don't you stop throwing? Man, well, God, you're baiting me all the time. Why don't we just, man, I'm just going to throw the game. And it's just, you see that a lot more than someone who's hacking, is what I'm trying to get at. And people don't, like, this just isn't important to people. And I think this came out because there was, like, a viral video going around of this this woman playing. And just she just got tormented by her team. And they were just doing the get in the kitchen, blah, 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 all that stuff. And that needs to go away immediately. Like, someone with that needs to be gone. And if you're going to say all these things and if you're going to do the we hear you thing about, oh, a community is so important, you need to curate that from the start at the very beginning. You need to stamp these people out immediately. Because it's only going to get worse when your game gets popular or even more popular and more people play. And then all the people from other games that are just generally bad people are going to come in and then you're going to have them. And then you're going to have the people that you could have stamped out a year ago, but you didn't. And now your game's worse. Be nice to people. It's not hard. It makes me so mad because I love playing Siege, but the game is miserable to play if you're playing by yourself because the general people that play the game in solo queue are just bad people. Be yeah. good. It's not hard. It yeah. makes me so mad. No, I agree with you. I'm I'm thick skinned too, but like I hate that my initial reaction upon entering a brand new game in solo queue is to turn off any of the voice chat features, like in game voice chat. Just like I don't want to hear people. I don't want to deal with it. Like I'm just gonna I don't wanna be I don't even want to talk to them. You know, like yeah. it, that shouldn't be my first reaction until you know, oh, until I find out that the community is not toxic, I just don't want to be part of it, right? Like and you just go and you play the game and then whatever and it's it is super frustrating and it's a whole we can go down a whole rabbit hole here but it's like a whole group of people that um i I always like to say it you'll say a whole lot more to me if i can't put my hands on you than you would if i could right and and unfortunately the the internet has bred people who are very comfortable with that fact, the, yeah. anony- the anonymity factor and just the ability to say whatever. And um, yeah, I'm with you. I think that the Valorant community so far from what I've played has been pretty positive, but it's also in beta. And, you know, I know they're letting more and more people in, but it started small. Once it's open to everybody and, you know, you get, 
you get the angry Jakey Duds instead of the instead of the, the happy go lucky Jakey. Like it's gonna get real bad. You just like you said, you need one thirteen year old kid making fun of everybody else's mom and and saying the standard Xbox Live kid stuff to just make the other four people not want to pick up that game anymore. And if you do that enough on an exponential scale, you're losing more players than you're retaining by not stamping out those loud, obnoxious, disgusting people. Yeah. So. It's it's funny. I saw a tweet today, and it was a it was like a like a life cycle sort of thing. And it was like game comes out, wi- women try and play a game, but get harassed literally every single game to the point where the game isn't fun anymore. Then it's like game gets actually released, esports start, and then it's like, hey, why aren't there any women in esports? <laughs> and it's like, it's now obviously it's like a like a bigger issue, and it's not as black and white as that. And yes, you know, there's. You could probably do statistics and say there's more men playing the game than women. But like at the same time, how about you just don't be like a jerk to people? It's not hard. Yeah. Be- being nice is the <laughs> easiest nice. thing you can do. Like it, it literally is. And, you know, I, I subscribe to the uh, to the theory that I sent you the other day. Mm-hmm. Right. About the- but you were saying like the gloom's in beta. Right. So everyone's so everyone's just more excited to play the game. And, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm one year in of playing Valorant, I'm just so used to just people being bad that I've become just angry all the time that my teammates are bots. So I'm just going to be a jerk to everyone from now on. Like if I play the thing that's keeping me in Valorant right now is that I'm more likely to just get a team that's talking and is just generally not a jerk as opposed to if I go to siege where 90% of the time you're people are either jerks or they're annoying or they just don't talk. Yeah. And that's I, the I, only thing keeping me in. Yeah, and I get what you're saying, right? The game's new, so people are much more forgiving. But there are people right now that it's been a positive experience to play with that in six months, their true colors are going to show, right? Yeah. And um, and I've had bad games. I've had bad games of bad people so far, but I mean, it's been very marginal. Yeah, I, th- I think I've had like one game where someone was actually like, not even toxic, but just rude, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's one, you know, Tom, our friend, Tom had one where he got called racial slurs. I mean, it's going to happen, but the, the nice thing again is right now it's way less of those than I'm used to in more established games. And, uh, yeah, the, the community, look, league of legends. When I started playing it for a, a small stretch, the first thing he warned me about is like, okay, this is the most toxic community you can be part of. So like, yep. just make sure you have your thick skin ready to be go. ready. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you were right, but <laughs> it, it just, it, you know, so Riot needs to do a good job with this and, uh, it needs to be ready to go in June or July or whatever day one it is. It should have been ready already. Yeah. I mean, it should be, they Again, should be beta testing. Riot. That. Yeah. They, they should be for beta Riot, testing. a company that has had problems where women have been, you know, just oh god what's the word the sexual misconduct harassment, harassment. Yeah, yeah yeah sexual harassment like there's been sexual harassment suits at riot and like it, it got shut down and you know hidden within the company and people had to had to pick it and do a, like a walkout at right headquarters and all this stuff is going on in your company and you can't even put a code of conduct game when your game comes out in beta and then you have people on twitter sharing videos of people just being generally nasty to like women and just being generally nasty to their teammates. And then you look at those videos, you'd be like, 
yeah, we're working on our conduct policy and it'll be out soon. It's very important to us as Riot, as a community, that, you know, we, we curate a very nice group of people and it's great. Don't care. Should have been out already. Like, companies need to take this stuff seriously. And again, I don't care. I can get called as many slurs on the planet and I'll probably laugh and I'll shrug, but, you know, it's not fun. At the yeah. end of the day, I'm not going to want to do it. And there, there are people, you know, to, to close the loop on this, but just because like people like us have thick skin, that's not everybody. Yeah, no, exactly. Like it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm fine. So whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Exactly. I mean, we, we grew up when PlayStation Network first launched, we were on like the first online games. You know, I've heard some things in those early SOCOM lobby days that, could never be repeated. I've said things in those SOCOM <laughs> lobby days. Like we're like we we evolve as people. Yeah. So. All right. So that is all of the topics for this week's It's All Funny Games podcast. If you are watching, thank you. We're here every Sunday. Um, the times might change, so make sure you go and you follow Bitwise Dan um, on Twitter the times and everywhere. Might change. Yeah. Rain R six. I hey, I ended up here on time. We just. You know, whatever. Rain our success on Twitter for Ross. GamesOGG on Twitter for Gamezo. And Gamezo.co.uk is our website. Um, keep up with us if we are doing interviews with people or talking to people who are in different time zones. Or if I just have people come by my house unexpected. The times may change and we'll let you know in any some of those different Twitterverse places. Um, again, friendly reminder, you know, like, subscribe, five star on five star and re five star. That way we know you love us. Five stars. Ross yelled a lot in this episode. Yeah. Five out of five. That's the feedback. Ross got real salty <laughs> about people treating people poorly. And we like wholesome Ross being mad about people uh, doing that. So that is the end of the show. Um, I'm going to hit the BRB button or the ending button. I don't know, whichever button I hit. And then uh, that'll be, that'll be that. So thank you all. And uh, phase up. Is it an F? Like, what are you it's doing? Like some... All right. So you got to, you do like this, like okay. you, you yeah, give yeah, yeah. someone peace and then you throw your thumb in there. Oh, yo, we got phase right. up, phase up. All right. I got you. All right. Yeah. That, and Dan learned a new valuable skill set. Yeah, Dan learned gang signs. What's up? <laughs> Considering where I grew up, you think I know a few just to stay safe. Yeah. Anyway. But now I live there, so I have all of them. Yeah. There you go. You, you've learned the ways. All right, <laughs> folks. We will see you next week. Stop button.